Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How is it to listen to this again, Marek? <laughs> Hello, guys. Uh, it's very, very... Uh, it's sensitive for me, you know? Last time when I was in Norway, it was, I think, after seven, seven years. And I heard it on stadium. Uh, actually, I had, my, I, I had tears in my eyes. So it's the same for me now. It's still... It's, I think it's going to be like this forever. <laughs> and this is... Uh, from the seconds before you put that free kick on Brand Stadion in 2006, I think you, know, you remember that one. Yeah, of course I remember it. And uh, now I have son, almost six years old, so I'm trying to show him some videos uh, <laughs> what what his what his father done in in career. So uh, actually, we watched that uh, that that goal uh, many times. And you know, when I remember it, uh, when when the freaking freaking happened in the game, and uh, that noise came from the, sta- the stadium, uh, it was a lot of pressure on me. You know, <laughs> now everybody expects that Sapara scores goal from the free kick, so it was very very difficult. Also, det här är för Brann Rosenborg i 2006. Det var helt stinn bracke på Brannstadion. Det var ståtribunen en dag. Jag tror på 20.000. Det var engelska tillstander. Rosenborg snöt Brann för gulle. Blev kastat ägg på Stefan Iversen och Sapper har dunkat där frisparkgörne. Petter, du kommenterade kampen då? Ja, när sagt det svåra gjorde det för det det är så att de kamparna jag kommenterat det blev någon att det vart de huskar så otroligt dåligt för att när du kommenterat matchen så var det liksom så omgör och var där i ögonblicket sånt och en fotbollskamp i radiosammanhang är er liksom bara 
en miljon små ögonblick efter varandra att du glömmer hela kampen till slut uh, totalt sett så att i förkant av den här podcasten med Marek som att jag har rätt sett sett mig och så se någon video och sån och Och det är er det nästan blanka nyheter utan att sätta mig och se den kampen från Bergen men det frisparket det sappar av det det huskar gott och så så ser jag att muren står ikke perfekt och keepern kanske ikke är er fantastisk men allikevel så är er ju frisparket där ett ett ögonblick för Rosenborg evigheten rätt så då. It was the three one goal Marek and it was the game that uh, that um, that made you the the title um that gave you the title in 2006 what do you remember from this game i think i think many things i remember from that game it's rememberable re- the, the the some some actions what we have done for example with stefan some other free kicks corners uh, of course goals so many things and uh, i also remember that run uh, after the free kick when i scored and uh, i was running uh, in front of the tribune, in front of our our supporters, and they were shouting. They were like going crazy, and uh, so we did. So it was very, very, very emotional. And <clears throat> I remember even like uh, all all players like standing in front of that that crazy and perfect supporters, and we were like celebrating that goal and almost almost title that, that <laughs> at that time. You know. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, det här blir jo en övelse i engelsk och norsk Petter. Vi tar mycket på engelsk. Uh, så får på texten. Jag skulle säga si. uh, det är er jo lite artigt att säga si, men och <laughs> uh, så tar vi nog på på norsk och så har jag ju checkat vad punktfesten er på engelsk. Så du är er spänd på det Petter eller med? Ja, det är er lite det är er faktiskt lite spänd på på vägte. Ja da. Så har jeg prøvd der en gang før med Rini Kolen. Det var vel ingen tid på tärningen, uh, men det gick sån så där, tror jag. Ja, altså det har jo blitt en sånn greie etterpå, hvem er dårligst av meg av engelsk, og det har jeg ja. tenkt å bevise en gang for alle i dag, at det er du. <laughs> har du sett øvd nå i vannvikene? Uh, how much Norwegian do you understand, Marek? Shoe <laughs> What was that? Shoe <laughs> <laughs> shoe, I think it's 27, Ja, 20, right? 20. Ja, 2020. Yeah. 20. So, that, that, I, that I remember, and some, some of course, bad words. Bad words. And, it, and it's no coincidence <laughs> that you remember Hueshu because that's your magic number, yeah. That's exactly. that's your number. Exactly, exactly. It was it was my number of, in my whole career, so it was very special, and it is still a very special number for me. But you... except, except for a short period in Turkey when you had to have seventy-two, yeah, because the twenty-seven was occupied. Exactly. First first uh, six months uh, when I arrived to Turkey. 27 was occupied, so I had to choose different number, and uh, it was easy for me to choose 72. Instead. And you have and you have 27 uh, in ink on your body as well, yeah? It's tattooed on you. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's here. For them, som ikke er, altså det her er en podcast, Ole, så jeg ser ikke dem. Nu viser sig Marek fra Munnerheimen. Ja, der står det 27. 27. Det, det tar du et bilde af efter på Peter, og så lægger vi ut ved podcasten. For nu sitter jo Marek i i Slovakia och du sitter nog på Vanvikan jag sitter på Ugla såna live det är er topp det eh och så ska jag bara säga si att but you you understood more Norwegian 10 years ago than when you played there of course of course because you get to used to then uh, actually now when I'm when I listen listening that lovely language it's uh, it's fantastic to hear Norwegian again you know and I I I 
I can say I can uh, understand some words when you are talking to each other, guys. So it's 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 pretty nice for me. So if we cannot name you bad names in this podcast, because you will understand. <laughs> no, because I know all bad names. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, also, we learned about Borik Tokal. So Norsk Grand Warrior. So there are a lot of people who remember something from from the time when it was football. But also, it's not a fair fight. We have to say something about Sapporo. Hell, we have to slap me out in the roast mugglingen. It's a little bit high tier, actually. Ja, det er det. Legend, det forstår du, Marek. Legend in Norwegian. Uh, the first one, et, et røverkjøp til 10 mil. That was the headline in Adressa after his uh, first game for Rosenborg in September 2006. 107 matches, 29 goals for Rosenborg, league champion in 2006 in 2009. He left after the 2009 season for Turkish side Ankara Gutsu. 38 games for the national team and he fixed the penalty against Holland in the World Cup in 2010. Then after Rosenborg, Ankara Gutsu, like I said, Trabzonspor, Gaziantep Spor, Osmanili Spor, lot of Turkish club here, and back to Rosenborg in uh, Slovakia, where you played before uh, you came to Rosenborg. Marek Sapara is married to Lucia, Lushka, Lucia, Lushka, and is now father of two children, an assistant manager in Rusumberok. How is the life as a coach, Marek? It's much more difficult than uh, than to be a football player, I have to say. When you are a football player, yeah, when you are a football player, it's uh, you you taking care of, of of your job would have to be done on the pitch. So coach comes to you and he says, "Hey, Chappy, I need from you do this, do this, do this," and you're trying to do your best. If you if you've done it, then uh, you're successful. But now, as a coach, you are responsible for maybe 20, 25 players, and they have to cooperate uh, at the time. So it's very difficult. Of course, there are so many things as the tactic and uh, physical shape of that players, what you are responsible for. So it's, 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 it's very, very difficult. Uh, we talk a lot about your carrying uh, manager, carrying. Uh, car- I'm talking about Julian Peter already playing <laughs> We'll talk about your managing career, uh, and we we'll talk a lot about your playing career, Marek. Uh, but first, I have to talk uh, a little bit about Petter as well. We always do that. Then Andre, there I Petter. I searched a little bit on Sapara for to show me found some gulkorn. You commented on how much you played on radio during that period. Nærmest det kom da, for all lyd er jo så å si sletta, men det var jo meget fornærmet kanarifull i lokale viser av Romerikes Blad. Jeg er spent. Ja, jeg kan jo bare si det først at uh, vi har jo funnet ut det at, uh, at der har adressavisen egentlig begått en litt sånn uh, en tabbe, eller hva å si det, uten å bli ferdig på seg selv. Altså at vi, vi har rett og slett ingen arkiver fra radioadressen. Det finnes ingen opptak fra de matchene som blev kommentert. Vi hade jo en sesong med TV-kommentering med meg og Rune Bratset. Det finns heller ikke. Det er rett og slett bort. Og det er ja. faktisk litt trist å kjenne på, for at uh, der er det noen helt spesielle øyeblikk også med Marek Sapparan. Men det her er jo et spesielt øyeblikk med Marek Sapparan, for det her er altså på Årosen i 2009. Uh, så da havna i lokalavis av Romerikes Blad, i Adrenalinrøsjet, sa du da, Petter, på lufta i beste sendetid, Ah, fotball er rettferdig denne søndagskvelden på Rosen ved den bedritende togstasjonen Lillestrøm. Og kanarifansens talsmann Vidar Evje, han svarte da lokalisa. Jeg synes det er smålig, jeg kommer med ting som kan virke nedsette på andre. Hvert sagt. 
Det er så bra at Kanarifansen sier det, det er jo deres egen specialitet. Men ja, følelsene tog greit over hånda, og... Men, men det er jo sånn at Lillestrøm fortsatt er en bedriden togstasjon, så ja, den står jeg. Det synes jeg egentlig er en ganske god formulering. Så tenkte jeg jo i år at når og hvis serien kommer i gang, så slipper vi jo å dra dit. Men så er tanke nummer to at det er jo sikkert det, for at Ranheim skal dit. Ja. Vi får nå, vi får nå se om det ender opp på en togstasjon i år også, for en av oss, hvis det skal bli en seriestart. We're talking about the goal you scored against Lillestrøm in 2009 on extra time... Uh... Stoppage time, Marek. Do you remember it? For 2-1, I think. And we won yeah. this game. I tell you, it was in Lillestrøm, right? At day's yeah. game. And, I remember uh, that game. Yeah. And it was, I, think, I think, if I'm correct, it was 25th of April. <laughs> oh, that's impressive. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> but when we're talking about Lillestrøm, because Petter do, he doesn't like Lillestrøm but uh, when we are talking about Lillestrøm uh, when you came to Rosenborg in th- 2006 Lillestrøm yeah. wanted you as well didn't they exactly what can you say about that there was there was some interest uh, from sub clubs and Lillestrøm Rosenborg <clears throat> i think they were like most interested uh, but when I was comparing those two clubs uh, with my agent, uh, first of all, then uh, I decided to go to, to Rosenberg because it was for me much bigger club with more ambitions, you know, uh, to play all the time about the title, about the Champions League. So it was great step for me uh, to go from Slovak League to, to Norwegian League, but to the great club that I can move forward. And uh, I think when I look back uh, to my to my career, it was a great step. <laughs> do you um, still follow? Do you still follow Norwegian football tight? So you know that Lillestrøm got relegated after last season. Yeah, exactly. I know. Good news. I know. Good news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I know. Uh, I know from uh, from my young times when I was uh, like beginner in professional football in Slovakia, we were fighting for, for to stay in first division uh, in my first club when I was first a professional player. So I know how difficult, difficult it is. And uh, we were also relegated in two years, uh, after two years. And uh, I know uh, how, it, how is it to play uh, like for title. So I can compare it. And of course, both is very difficult. But uh, it's not good news for me. Actually, I am, I, I am, and I will be uh, forever the fan of Rosenborg. And of course, when it's going to be Lillestem against Rosenborg, I always be the fan of, of Rosenborg. But it, this is not good news. Actually, this is football. This is what happens uh, and in football, and that's why football is very, very, very nice. Yeah. I have to uh, just to just underscore that it was a joke. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> so I don't get the enemies at Lillestrøm. Not too many at least. So, uh, okay. You're not Lillestrøm. That's true. That's true. That you, uh, you have enemies there already. Okay. Um, then third day. Uh, then third day. And that's why folks are a little more on the address. Where typically things are and till can be. 24. June 2006. Also, that's a long time ago skrev adressavisen at Rosenborg vurderer Marek Sapparan. 
Da var jeg mitt første hele år i Avisa. Rosenborg hadde treningskamp mot Ålesund den dagen. Høgmo, det Rosenborg slet, alt det der. Det med Høgmo at de slet, det husker du, Peter? Ja, det husker jeg. Godt. Ja, det husker jeg godt. Og så er jeg overganger hyssjus for Rosenborg alltid, i hvert fall når jeg snakker om 10 millioners overganger, og stor konkurranse fra andre klubber. CSK Moskva var på, Hamburg var på, Zappara var landstagsspiller, skulle ut i CL-kvalifisering med Rosenborg. Men det historien er da, et par uker før vi skrev det, i 24. juni, da satt jo vår gode kollega Yngve Bergli, som nu ikke jobber med Rosenborg lenger, men gjorde det den gangen, han satt med en kompis på Dolly Dimples og spiste pizza. Husker det var utenfor lekeren, sant? Ja. Ja. ja, det er jo en klar for det, og i tribunen. Ja, ja riktig, på salen. Og mens den da sitter der, så kommer Zappara ut fra brakka og går in på RBK-shoppen. Med sig så har han talentspeider Stig Thorbjørnsen og Harald Pedersen, altså som alt mulig har alt, sant? Ja. Det her var veldig hyrsjurs, og dem håper jeg at ingen så dem, og dem gikk inn for å teste Rosenborg-aktør. Zappara var ikke klar før i august, så det her var jo i juni for å besøke klubben og sjekke forholdene, liksom da, før, før han skulle ta et valg Och Bergli, min och din kollega Petter han kommanderade för kompisen sin in på shoppen för att stå baken Dreol för att lytte till vad som vart sagt sant för att finna ut om visste så ju att det var Marek Sappara de skönt att det var en fotbollsspelare men ante inte vem detta var. så kompisen han fick höra att det här den här spelaren han likte drakt nummer 27. Det var allt han fick veta. 27. Og så var det til 2006, så vi hadde ikke ekstrem kold på alt av Østeuropeiske ligaer og sånt. Så adressa kom seg ikke videre inn saken her før den kampen mot Ålesund 24. juni. Og da fick Bergelig en kilde høre at det var snakk om en slovakisk spiller. Jeg satt på kontoret på adressa, og jeg satt og googlet i timesvis. Og til slut kom jeg, for det var jo andre tider på nettet, og det gikk ikke så fort, og det var ikke alle klubbsier som var så oppdatert og sånt. Så kom jeg til Rusombrok, number 27, Marek Zappara, bingo. Så konfronterte vi Høgmo med det. Og så fikk vi saken. Did you, know, did, did you know that, Marek? The first time you were at Leikendal, in June, you went to the Erbeko shop to try out some Erbeko uh, sweaters. And we actually had a colleague sitting there at the pizza restaurant who spotted you. And that's why we got the story, because it was two months before you came, you actually came to Rosenborg. So we had <laughs> total control over the whole situation, because you went to the Dolly Dimples and the Erbeko shop trying out this, the shirt. The number 27. Yeah, it was it was really nice because we decided with Lucia to to go actually personally to to Trondheim to to check the stadium to see to meet people there and uh, just start to ask about some things and uh, after those two days uh, we decided to to definitely go to Rosenborg. So that visit was the it was the key to get you to Trondheim permanently. Not the key, but part of part of the key. You know, I mean, there there, there are many things. Why you when you when you choosing something such a such a very important for you or for your future, then it's there are, there are many things that you have to put together. So one part was uh, that visiting Trondheim. You know, uh, totally different was that my ambitions in football that uh, I wanted to go to great club. To move forward, but I didn't want to finish like some guys in Slovakia. They chose, they chosen, uh, they have chosen uh, like very big club. Uh, they could not like play there, and after two years, they they were back in, in Slovakia, maybe finishing third for division. So it was very very important for me at that time to choose right right step, and and I said it 
Rosenberg was perfect for me. And like one part and one, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I thought about first Petter for um and at the time uh because we had an interview with you three years ago and then you told me about the CSKA Moscow interests and you told me that um, time in 2017 that everybody wanted me to go to CSKA Moscow it would have given Rusenbrook more money but I did not dare to I did not feel safe exactly uh, actually that happened. That happened like maybe one month before I visit. I was visiting the Trondheim, and uh, I was also in Moscow because our owner from Rosenberg sent me there with one more player. To uh, he said, "Go there and try their training camp. We will see what's gonna happen." You know, and uh, I was there for one week. I was training and I was feeling good. Everything was okay, but I I got scared. It was a very difficult time, and uh, there were. Everywhere around the stadium, around the training camps, uh, there were like uh, guards with with guns, you know. And um, I didn't feel safe, really. And I I could not imagine to bring my family there, you know, and raise my kids there. And uh, it was it was for me impossible. Even CSKA Moscow coach uh, said it's it's for him. Uh, if if he was me, I uh, he would like to me like to have me in in a squad to work with me uh, on on the progress. So uh, it was very difficult. But uh, when I arrived home, uh, I, I decided not to go there. And um, then the next step was visiting Trondheim, and uh, I decided this is the this is the right city where I want to go. Så er det dumt, Petter, at Rosborg i hvert fall ikke tviler på kvaliteten, for den SMS'en fra, var det fra Rambo til, til Høgmo, eller til Rude Blattsett, som var sportsdirektør, løp og kjøp, ferdig med det. Ja, yeah, that's a part of the story, Marek. Kåre Ingebrigtsen and Trond Henriksen, they went down to Slovakia to see you play. And when they came back, oh no, before they came back, they sent a text message back to the coach saying, buy this guy, now, at once, immediately. Just buy him. Did you meet Kvare and Trond Henriksen that time when they came to see you in Rosenberg? It was after the game against uh, Durgaden in Champions League qualification round. And they were uh, like uh, watching me during that game. Uh, actually, we won that game 3-1 and we get through uh, to the next uh, next round. And our uh, our next opponent was CSK Moscow, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was at that time very strange. But yeah. I met uh, both both guys uh, after the game. We spoke uh, personally, and uh, I felt I felt from them like they are they are friends, and they 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 think about me the best. It wasn't just yeah, come here, help us, uh, or uh, you know, we take care of you. It wasn't like that, uh, and you can feel it from the people. I think when you speak with someone honest and. Uh, uh, honestly, he thinks that uh, that he wants to help you. Then you can feel it. And at that time, I felt from from both of them uh, that I'm really welcome in Rosenberg. And it was it was exactly that another part of uh, of my decision that I have I have chosen uh, I have chosen Rosenberg. And you also said one time before that your father was a footballer as well, and he reminded you of Rambo Henriksen on the pitch. Is that correct? Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> Rambo. And even when he reminded me, uh, and we were like watching some some games or something, and he was talking about him, 
uh, it was okay. But when I met him, oh my God, he was beast. And I said, <laughs> come on, guys, he cannot be such a big guy. How he could play football, you know? So when you see him personally, uh, but actually he was, he, he is an amazing person, I have to say. He was friendly to me all the time in Rosenborg. He was helping me a lot. And um, I'm such a happy that he has such a, such a talented a talented son, you know. So I also following him, and uh, I'm so so happy for him as a as a father. Yeah, uh, oh, and Trun is still there. You know that Trun is still assistant manager in Rosberg. Yeah, Rambo, Rambo. Det var egentligen ordentlig gång, Peter. Det tog två minuter idag. Det intro var det blir bara värre och värre, men. Fotballen står jo dønn stille. Litt løpetester og spillere på utgående kontrakt som ikke vil si så mye sånt i Rosenborg-miljøet akkurat nå. Men vi kan ta en liten ting da før vi snakker mer om Marek, og det er jo til Tim Pritsja-case. Vi vet at Rosenborg er interessert. Han blir vel 18 år, er det i morgen eller noe sånt, en uke i hvert fall, og må vel snart skrive proffkontrakt da med Malmø. Om det drøyer og korona går over, så kan ting skje men foreløpig litt på selvnesnivå, som vi snakket om i februar-mars, før koronaen eh, tog knekken på alt. Eh, Tim Prisa, Petter? Ja, det svinger jo voldsomt av navnet Prisa. Jeg ser jo at enkelte Rosenborg-sportere som mener at uh, faren Rade var den beste Rosenborg-spissen ever, det sliter jeg med å gi min fulle tilslutning til, men uh, at Rade Prisa var en enorm spiller for Rosenborg på sitt aller beste, det er det liten tvil om, og det hadde... Uh, Så at igjen, min approach til fotball er at det handler om å gå og se en sirkusforestilling, og ikke noe hadde vært bedre enn om en ny pritsa hadde dukket opp på Lekendal, men for å være litt ærlig, da, så synes jeg det, det kjennes ikke ekstremt uh, sannsynlig ut da. Nei, det er jo kanskje ikke det, men uh, det er jo en kis som har spilt i Nardo og, og har veldig sånn, uh, snakket med Rade på søndag, han sier jo at uh, guttungen Tim, han er jo har, altså, stor interesse for noe, han trives godt i Malmø, så det er som du sier, sannsynligheten der er vel ganske lav, men Det er jo tross alt en gutt som har fortsatt en kompiser i Trondheim, og det er som man fortsatt har kontakt med på sosiale medier, og det må jo ha vært noen ting det også, tenker jeg. Det er klart det. Han begynte med fotball i Trondheim, og spilte jo på Nardo, og har jo helt sikkert gode connections til byen, sånn at vi, sånn at vi hører, sånn at Rosenborg er et alternativ for det tror jeg vel kanskje på, men hvis det stemmer at han på en måte er den mest talentfulle svenske spissen, så vil jeg tro at det er andre bailere også der ute, og så er det vel kanskje likevel det mest sannsynlig at han får seg en ordentlig proffkontrakt med Malmö da, når han nå fyller 18 år, eller? Jo, jeg tror du har rett i det. You played with Rade Pritsa, Marek, one season. Now his son yeah. is linked Now his son is linked to Rosenborg. Really? What is doing? Can you remember him? Can you remember him? Tim Pritsa? Yeah, ja, godt. Uh, he was attacker. He scored many goals. <laughs> he's now turning 18. He's playing for Malmö, but he's uh, his contract is expiring, and uh, there are some loose rumors about uh, Team and Rosenborg. So maybe. Then I think he can he can he can bring some very good things to for the young players, and maybe Rosenborg gonna have new Holland soon. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, uh, some Rosenborg fans claiming that Rade Pizza is the best uh, striker for Rosenborg uh, at all times. You played with both Rade and Stephanie version. Hmm. There's another good uh, good candidate for that title. Uh, who was the best, Stefan or Rade? For me, Stefan. I think in all contributes when you take a player as, as a whole package, 
I think it was uh, it was Stefan. Stefan had, uh, for example, fantastic free kick. Uh, like his his uh, kicking technique was was clear, was really good. We used to play one game like football golf or something like that. We kicked the ball away, and with with the, uh, another one, we try to reach it. You know, as a golf, but without the holes. And he was he was perfect at, at this, and you have to have skills on that. Uh, plus, his heading was fantastic. Uh, like play with the body, you know, you could you could pass him very difficult difficult pass, and he 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 kept it all the time, and uh, that that makes very big difference in in a play sometimes, and I think uh, that's why for me for me Stefan is there. But uh, now we talked about uh, Rada and his son, Tim. Uh, what about your own kids? Uh, we have seen them in Rosenborg shirts, in Rosenborg games. Lara Maria, nine years old. Matthias, soon to be six. Are there a future, future Rosenborg star there? One of them? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Uh, yeah, Lara Maria, she likes basketball. Okay, lot, basketball. So she has like uh, two trainings in a week. And uh, same Matthias, but uh, of course in football. He, he loves <laughs> football, and uh, he's running everywhere with the ball, kicking it everywhere. Now, when we stay home, uh, our walls are going to destroy it. I think. <laughs> so, so uh, he likes it a lot. Uh, actually, yeah, two times, uh, two times a week training as well uh, with full football team here in Slovakia and in Rosenberg. So. I hope there is there is future for for both of them. Ja, då blir det Rosenborg eller Petter och så blir det är er det nog det är er inte nog basketbollaget tror ni med Nidaros kanske Jets eller sånt där. Nej, nej, det är samma. But uh, imagining imagining that happened in 12 15 years a new number 27 <laughs> on, on Rosenborg. <laughs> when I when I when I see like like he's going to be soon uh, 6 years old so let's say less than 15 15 15 years i can imagine <laughs> less than 15 years that's no pressure on the kid but less than 15 years <laughs> he's not listening so there is no pressure on him you know pitteligt om corona och då för vi börjar och snacka om Mariksen karriär igen alltså jag snackade länge med Paul på på telefon igår Helland han menar det är bara att köra på nu uppkörningen är förstås över så 15 juni blir det gol för trummetribuner kör på så får vi heller frikänna lite spillestil i starten ser Paul alltså det får ser lite rotet ut men kom nå i gång. Petter är er du enig alltså kan vi acceptera lite dålig spillestil bara för att få igång serien och så fort som bara julingar. Er. Visst är er för reglerna. Alltså spillestilen är er den minsta bekymringen och kritta till en eventuellt uppstart av serien igen det är och allt det andra är er och mycket mer viktigt än det men uh, när det är er sagt så Ja, det er gjerne sånn at det er en god del klubber i toppfotballen i Norge som rett og slett er avhengig av at det skjer noen ting snart. Ja. Det handler om TV-inntekter, og det handler om å rett og slett få i gang hjulene for å tilfredsstille sponsorer. Det finnes jo folk som har kjørt i kontraktene, som betyder at blir det ingen fotball, så kan det vel gå til at noen av de sponsorkronene også forsvinner helt automatisk. Yep. Og for at noen av de sponsorene også sliter i disse koronatider, sånn at... At det etter hvert begynner å bli ganske livsavhengig at uh, fotballen starter opp igjen på et eller annet vis, det tror jeg er ganske sånn uomtvistelig. Og så kommer det jo litt sånn dryppvis, forholdsvis gode signaler og gode beskjeder knyttet til fotballen. Det er jo en del litt sånn kontroversielle forslag som svider ut i lufta om å 
Elas då isolerar hela toppfotbollen för exempel lite sånt ja. och så lagar en eget ett eget litet fotbollsunivers som är er i en slags sån felles isolation och så spelar vi fotboll så länge båten bär och blir någon syk så får de sitta hem och så får de som då fortsätter frisk frisk fortsätta att spela men ja men syns du det är er grejt syns du det är er grejt uh, ja Det er, det. Ja. det er litt sånn, er sånn dramatiske Litt sånn drastiske og litt sånn uvante tanker Men Men når det er sagt så tenker jeg at Idrettsfolk er jo blant de folkene i samfunnet Som på en måte i utgangspunktet Er flinkest til å ta smitte Som på en måte til å ta smittevernhensyn Og som lever litt I en boble sånn likevel Sånn at jeg tror ikke at hverdagen til For eksempel Paul ville ha blitt veldig mye mer annerledes Dersom man nå hadde gått inn i en slags Sånn kollektiv isolasjon og spilt fotball en en den tillvälsen de har per i dag då så att uh, ja men han de, de var ju inkluderat han har ju en son och kona här eller i alla fall en sambo. Alltså det är er en miljon vanskliga problemställningar uppe i hela den uh, settingen där men uh, det känns lösbart ut på ett vis och det var för inte tvivel om att TV-talarna hade kommit att bli rimligt hyggelig visst man nu hade kommit igång igen med fotboll där kan jag på något sätt förhandslov att i första kampen så går på Lekendal med tillskurat till stede där det är er möjligt i tillnärmad normalt gänge det känns att bli bra sting bra på Lekendal för då det er bra sug efter fotboll så sätt Marek vi talking about corona how we sit in Slovakia you ended the league 7th of March or something before it happened so you were lucky to finish the league but how is the, how is the situation in Slovakia at the time yeah, it's 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 difficult. We also staying home. Uh, we cannot train together even in small groups. We are always waiting for some news from our government, you know. Uh, so all our players have like individual plans. Uh, I think in Slovakia it's uh, not a, such a bad uh, situation as uh, in some other countries, especially around us. Uh, but our government. Uh, decided to to be to be very careful so still waiting for some for some news uh, if we can start training or not uh, but uh, i don't know it's it's going to be very difficult to to finish the league uh, this season we have uh, up front uh, maybe 13 or 15 games uh, so there is there is i think no time to finish it uh, till uh, the end of the june because uh, i think uh, European uh, Football Federation sent some some documents that uh, all leagues must end uh, till uh, 30 of June. Uh, maybe maybe they 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 they're going to change something about it. I don't know. We we're still still waiting for 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 some news, as I said. Uh, but it's difficult uh, to to keep players in the shape like this, you know. So I hope they will they will let us play uh, or train even uh, in, in small groups, maybe six seven players. Uh, it, it's it's much it's much better. Uh, but still, when they let us train all together, it's gonna it's gonna like takes for example two three weeks to train together to prepare for the games, you know, because it's it's not uh, it's it's not uh, such a such a uh, easy thing to prepare whole team for the game. But how is the economy in Slovakia football at the moment? I mean, do you still have all the players on your salary list? Do they get full paid? Uh, how is that when you don't have any income? It's it's different in uh, all clubs, of course. Uh, in our club, uh, actually, we are very lucky because our owner is uh, 
he's, he's a great guy and um, of course we don't have full income uh we agreed with the club uh, to go down uh, 40% of our salaries uh, everybody uh so it's it's like this there are rules uh, of course about that and uh club club in good times helping the players to to raise their their career and uh, to be successful so of course now it's up to us to help the club to to be alive after after this crisis so I hope everything is going to be soon uh, in the end and uh, we will uh, we will uh, allow to continue in normal way. But like you said, uh, I can have a, um, um, read wrong here because you have played 22 games of this season, but there still are games of this season. I thought you were, I thought you were true, but you're not. Uh, 20, 22 games already done, but uh, there is also cup games. And uh, now, actually, in Slovakia, there are rules after 22 games, uh, we split in two groups. There is group uh, about the title and uh, the second group about the relegation, you know, uh, for first six and uh, the other. Uh, plus, uh, we are in first six, actually, luckily, and uh, we are in semi-final of cup. Yeah, and uh, if uh, there is there is one question only: if we're not gonna finish this league, what's gonna happen next uh, next year? For example, uh, when we are talking about European uh, leagues, hmm. I you see. know, who's who's gonna be qualified qualified for 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 the games there? But uh, Marek, but Marek, sixth position for Rusomberuk. When you are uh, your assistant manager, you have a manager above you. Is that a successful season for you uh, for your debut season, or should you do better? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> always, always you can do better, of course. Uh, but half of half of that uh, season, what we have done, uh, we were fourth. So uh, we were we were doing pretty well. First three three teams are uh, are top teams in Slovakia, and we were following them. But we have to say something like that uh, in uh, when we started uh, to be coaches here. Uh, in the last summer, uh, we took the team and uh, we took different, uh, uh, like, we, cho- we we have chosen different way to go with our club. So uh, we sent away old and more uh, like players. They have uh, they have uh, big salaries because our our owner wanted to play with young players and rebuild the team. You know, so. In in this in this case, I have to say uh, we we are lucky that we are in first six players uh, in ah. first team uh, like sixth uh, on the in the table, you know. So I have to say, and I'm I'm not the guy that uh, <laughs> shouting. I'm shouting about myself that I am good, but I have to say we, we we've done pretty good job uh, this this year, and uh, we are very very happy about it. Four three three, or are you having another philosophy? Very short. Uh, we started the season uh, 4-3-3, but uh, with with so many changes in the in the squad, we have to uh, we had to we had to change uh, tactic, and uh, now we're preferring 3-5-2. 3-5-2. That's the model. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, we next question for the for the lytterne våre har har været greje. Nu kommer kommer søn på fang her og. That's a good thing. Um, 
but uh, Trim, first question. We have questions from listeners, uh, Marek, on this podcast. How is your relationship to RBK today? Uh, Petter asked you 15 minutes ago are, uh, that Lillestrøm was relegated. How do you do you check the table, league table for Rosenborg? Are you are you following them? Yeah, I'm following always. Uh, I had I have the Rosenborg as my favorite uh, team in the in the app. You know, they are receiving always some news and of course results uh, after every game. So, of course, I'm following them. And uh, Rosenborg, since first my day till today, there are nothing changed. They have nothing changed for me. It's 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 like my family, and it's gonna be forever. Always, uh, we are planning with Lucia uh, some some trips ahead, and uh, we we wanted to go uh, before this corona coronavirus came. Uh, we wanted to go this year to to Trondheim again to visit our friend and uh, visit some games because uh, really like it there. We, we loud city, you know, uh, people there, and uh, we have still many friends there. So. Uh, but the, ch- the situation changed about this coronavirus, and uh, we're gonna postpone it. We got another question uh, regarding: Should Rosenborg uh, take another trip down to Rosenborg to watch the team? Could there be another uh, Sapi coming up, uh, being interesting for Rosenborg? Or is has the te- has the times changed? Do you think uh, if you had been like not twenty years old now? Could you still go to Rosenborg one more time, or has Slovakian football changed? Has Rosenborg become became a less more attractive club? Could it could something could a transfer like that happen again? Definitely not less interesting club for Slovak players. There are there are in in our squad there are some players that are very talented, but maybe not in good time to to take that step. Uh, at the moment, you know, maybe they need time, but they are interesting players, and uh, I recommend it to to Rosenborg to come for some games or watch it uh, somewhere on internet and uh, check some players because because there are some inter- jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Interesting players. Uh, usually we have young team now, so I think it's good for Rosenberg. And uh, also some... Uh, National national team players for under 20, uh, 21 and under two, under nineteen in uh, in our club. So there are there are some good players maybe in the future for Rosenborg as well. Okay, Marek, give me one or two names. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I could I could break my uh, my contract with with uh, my club, so it's it's definitely not possible. <laughs> but take it by yourself, and you will. See. <laughs> Okay. Is there any is there any player number twenty seven on Rosenberg? No, or is that shirt yours forever? It's under the roof. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. No, of course it's not under the roof as in NJ, but uh, nobody is wearing it because uh, our like staff manager who's choosing the numbers is taking care that nobody takes twenty seven yet. But he <laughs> yes. said that it's not time yet. To, for someone to 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 wear number twenty seven, you know it's like that in Rosenborg as well. The shirt number six uh, since Rostein quit. There's no, there hasn't been any number six. But uh, we got another question from a listener saying, "Who was the best player you played alongside in Rosenborg, and why was it Rostein?" Uh, <laughs> Did you understand? <laughs> no, no, no. One more time, the question. <laughs> the question was, uh, "Who was the best?" Player you played along in Rosenborg, and why was it Ruas Drum? Why was Maybe, it? <laughs> well, was it? Was it obviously Ruas Drum, he, ab- so, absolutely Ruas Drum because they are for football player for me it's not only football skills. Football player is not only about football skills; it's only uh, uh, also about character, about uh, about uh, how you can be the leader not only on the pitch but also off the pitch, absolutely worst run. He could be a president of Norway. I don't know. He can do whatever. It's it's unbelievable for me. That guy was such a such a leader that I would go everywhere with him. You know what I mean? And that's that was very impressive for me. That in the rest of my career, when I left Rosenborg, I tried to be for younger players as good as Ruar. Even it's not possible <laughs> to be such, such a good, you know, that this is very difficult. He's, for me, like like father of football in Norway. And uh, th- there is nothing to change about it. Ah, har vi också Rorsson som presentkandidat ah. i Norge. Det var det. Uh, that was that was strong words. Uh... I, I will send him. I will send him my bank account. He can send something to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I think we'll have to go down uh, the memory lane a little bit now uh, about Marek Saparab. Men helt först Petter i Norge. Någon question till Petter först. I can take it in English as well. Why 
Do you, Petter, think Marek Sapara still is so popular in Trondheim? It's 11 years since he left. And when we promoted this podcast some days ago, I have never experienced any interest like this. Petter, ta det på norsk, du. Ja, I'll take it in the widget, Marek, so Remember, I understand some bad words. <laughs> I'm not going to say any bad words. Uh, nei, altså, uh, jeg tror rett og slett at Marek Sapparak kom så brått på mange av Rosenborg-supporterene uh, at man blev så til de grader positivt overrasket, ikke sant? Her dro Rosenborg til et helt sånn egentlig en litt sånn kvit flekk på kortøyaktig sted av fotball i Europa og fant frem en kar som uh, vi hører jo noe han blev jo så åpenbart glad i Rosenborg, altså han blev liksom en Rosenborger over natta ja, ja. Uh, altså han, han elsker Rosenborg uh, og det var så synlig når han var der også, uh, han ville altså veldig gjerne spille for Rosenborg og han gjorde, unnskyld uttrykket, så jævlig bra at uh, og til og med kjernen unnvek en av sine fasteste regler om at man ikke skal lage sanger om enkeltspillere, ikke sant? Oa Sapara, som vi hørte i starten her. Um, og det i seg selv da, er jo en enorm hedersbevisning, sånn at jeg tror egentlig at tribunen følte at Marek Sapara var helt ved, og det var han fra dag en. Og så er han jo en jævla type, ikke sant? Og så var han i stand til å gjøre sånne mål som han gjorde for eksempel mot Brann, og så hadde han jo en helt sånn unik connection med en annen av tidene syndlinger på Leikendal, Steffen Iversen, ikke sant? Ja. De to han sammen var jo helt, det var rett og slett helt fantastisk. Sånn at han har nesten blitt litt sånn mytisk i etterkant. Jeg er sikker på hvis du går opp på kjernetribunen og begynner å rope OA, sånn, så går det to sekunder og så synger hele, hele Øvre Øst med. Og der er det jo mange som står der som kanskje ikke har sett Marekspill en gang, for så kort er jo fotballhukommelsen til, hos noen, ikke sant? Det er jo nye generasjoner som har kommet til, men han lever fortsatt som en del av myten, eller han, altså han har rett og slett blitt en liten Rosenborg-legende. Why do you think yourself that you are so pop- still are so popular, Mark, 11 years after you, you left the club? Me? Yeah. And am, am I still popular there? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I cannot, I cannot say that. You know, it's football, and... Uh, some supporters likes you, some not, and uh, it's it's very difficult to be perfect for everybody, for for all of them, you know. But I think I try to do my best, and I really, really love Rosenborg as 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 my family, as my all people there. Uh, they treated me very, very well, and uh, that's why I wanted to like bring it back on the pitch to do my best to 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 have fun for me and. When I have fun, I think our supporters uh, they have it as well. So I try to 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 be to be really positive there, bring some quality what I had, because you you never bring anything what you don't have, right? So I'm I'm happy that that it's it, it is like this, and um, I just hope I just hope that they. Maybe, maybe because they were listening to me and my English was really bad. And still, <laughs> still, uh, I'm in even in my age, almost thirty-eight, and uh, I have to say my football is still better than my English. You know, so <laughs> maybe, but, maybe I don't know. I don't but know you why. had a you had a very special and kind of unique connection with Stefan Iversen. Uh, the two of you guys, uh, you both on and off the pitch, you you had a link. Uh, are there any Stefan Iversen stories that could uh, 
that you could tell us now that <laughs> that we don't know from before? You know, there are no stories. Just I have to say, he was always right, but don't tell him. Uh, <laughs> he was always right, really, because he was uh, like a very experienced guy from Premier League, uh, character guy. So I I learned a, a lot from him. So uh, there are, there are not like stories or bad stories or funny stories because there are so many stories that. Uh, yeah, we could we could talk about uh, actually he was always right and when we played some games like we, we used to play Yahtzee you know he always won <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I like him I like him a, a lot and uh, he was visiting sometimes the training camp with uh, his, his son Joey and I cannot imagine how big he is now and uh, how they are now so i hope they are they are all good and uh, i wish them best luck uh to talk about uh, Marek again here um, because um um one of the things that made him so popular was his right foot you know the free kick foot uh, you're not 37 you're managing yourself but uh, if you can be short Marek, why did you become a top class player did you train a lot as a kid uh, you moved to football gymnasium in kosice or something when you were 16 17 uh, just tell the young uh, listeners there, how much work is it behind that right foot? It's it's daily, daily work, daily work, and uh, but very very special thing. Uh, you have to love football. You have to love what you do. Otherwise, otherwise you can be as, as you can be as, as talented as as anybody else in the world. But when you don't love it, you cannot move forward. And uh, I try to be better and better every day. So when I was going on the pitch, I was going with love and uh, I tried, tried my best. So of course, my right foot is uh, is good because I kicked to the ball like like 10,000 times. And or I don't know, it's, uh, it's probably a lot, you know. So after every training, I put the wall and I was kicking. I was kicking. So it's about practice. Uh, and then, you, uh, like I said, came to Rosenborg from Rosenborg, where you are today. Uh, you got to debut against Sandefjord away. Um, and uh, you were a, a, a important, uh, an important uh, person to, to bring the trophy back to Trondheim in 2006 after losing it the year before. Um, I just, uh, for the for listeners, so they can put it in some kind of context there. Um, in 2006, that, that uh, fall, you, like you played just from September and it was just 26 games a season back then. Three goals, two assists in the league. 2007, seven goals, 13 assists in a bad season for Rosenborg as a club. Uh, if you take the Champions League away from it, 12 assists again in 2008. Uh, so quite uh, a lot of goal points, like we say in Norway here. But... Uh, just shortly, what can you what what you remember remember now from the from the end of the 2006 season when you when you just came here and you moved from uh, Slovakia and you brought home the trophy? Uh, what I remember, I was two times champion in this year. I don't know how many players can say that because we won league in in uh, Slovakia in May. Then I won with Rosenborg in November October. 
and uh, I became a, uh, how to say it, uh, I became a player of national team that is not only a player they will say, ah, he's going to stay or not, he's going to stay or not. I, I started to play uh, many games there at that time because of Rosenberg, you know. So it was great move for me, and uh, that year was the best year in my in my career. And then we come to 2007, um, and we had talked about it. Uh, uh, we talked about it two weeks ago with Vida Iset, the, the number ten central defender. That that's not good. That the central defender has number ten on his back. You have to agree. <laughs> yeah, I think usually usually in football number ten have this, those best players or best scorers and this kind of players, but Vidar was Vidar was an excellent player. <laughs> and um uh, and then we come we have to come to the Valencia games for you as well. We talked to Vidar Iset two years uh, two years, two weeks ago about the same thing, but if I don't remember uh, remember wrong, you assisted the second goal in, in Mestaya. Uh how do you remember those games? Special games, really special games. Because I think I don't know how many supporters expected two victories in a row against Valencia at that time, you know. But uh, we did great job in first game against Chelsea. Suddenly, uh, our team like raised up and uh, was much more motivated for next games. And then uh, I think second game we lost against Schalke, so it was disappointing for for us. But Valencia came, and uh, for us it was like, uh, or at least for me it was like the the most important game in a career. You know those those games that you go, uh, you are on the way, and you have to choose. You going, you going right or left, because. Uh, in that game, you can show your ability, your skills, uh, everything. Everybody watching, agents, uh, national team coach uh, watching, and there is a lot of pressure on you. And uh, then you can you can show in those uh, circumstances, you can show how good you are. So I think we actually uh, what we what we did in those two games was was uh, excellent, home and away. And actually, especially away, I think we played much, much better than home game. But both games uh, we won. We had six games, uh, six points, sorry, and uh, we were really happy. Huskru den kontringa på 2-0 i Mestaja, Petter? Det var jo Zappara, Siljan, Zappara, Steffen, goal. 2-0 up in, in Mestaja, Marek. Is that correct? Uh, it's, no wonder, it's no wonder that the game is called... We have called the game for the miracle at Mestaja. Uh which it really was because you were kind of struggling in the in the national league, and then you did fantastic against uh, Valencia. You now know that Pesilian is coming back to Rosenberg, yeah? No, I, I didn't catch that that new, but uh, I was following him and uh, Rune Arstein, Alexander Tete. So uh, I am happy to hear it. It means that you're not so old anyway, because the teammates from that time is still playing. <laughs> Persilian is now coming back to play for Rosenberg. But they were kids at that time. You know, <laughs> I <am a> kid. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's excellent to hear it and uh, how how I came back to Rosenberg to help them in my last seasons. I hope Persilian is going to be the same uh, same important player for for Rosenberg. 
And then Hamren came in 2008. Uh, Erik Hamren um, replaced um, Terum. Uh, uh, what do you remember from that time? You changed from 4-3-3 to 4-4-2. Did that uh, suit you as good as Idreloper? Yeah, it, it's quite different. But it's only about tactics and uh, what you have to do during the training sessions, you know. When coach comes to you and he will explain to you what uh, what he expects uh, from you on the pitch, then it's easy. It's much more difficult when a coach only talking about tactics and not talking personally with players. You know, uh, then it's very difficult. But uh, as you see now, that uh, that season 2009 was, was amazing. And uh, we we brought the title back to, to Trondheim again. And that year, uh, you started to snooze. You started to snooze. Who was the teacher of that? <laughs> Who was the teacher of that? Are you still doing that? Not that year. <laughs> Not that year. And and my teacher was Mika Kopinen. <laughs> and it was 2006 after that perfect game uh, against Brand Bergen in Brand uh, at the hotel room because we stayed for the night in Bran after that game. So after the dinner, after the dinner, Mika came with something. I, I never saw it before, you know. I said, take it. When I put it behind my lip, you know, in 30 seconds, my, my arms let down, you know. <laughs> I could not walk, could not walk. I just spit it out, you know, because I thought I, I would pass out. <laughs> So it was very, very, very nice, uh, actually. Oh, so you lost, you lost the feeling in your arms, and you thought it was very nice. <laughs> I lost, I lost everything in my arms, but it was really nice. I mean, uh, uh, experience, experience, you know. <laughs> but uh, the legend says that uh, when you played for Rosenborg, all the way along, you were smoking cigarettes. And we also got yeah. questions about that. Did you? Is that true? Did you? Uh, how many cigarettes a day did you smoke when you played for Rosenborg? Ten daily. Ten, Ten. daily. And you still yeah. do? You know, I was always talking to myself at that time. Uh, you know, when you're training hard and you you're working on hundred percent in the training session and in the game, then it doesn't affect you. It's stupid mistake what I have done in my career. You know. Uh, but now I am older and uh, maybe smarter. I'm not smoking anymore, actually, after the career. <laughs> Stupid guy. But uh, yeah, I was smoking. It was my habit. And uh, But what can I say? You know, I was smoking for a long time and uh, maybe it doesn't help me in physical shape, but I think it doesn't have any effect on my uh, tactical or technical skills. Do you still snooze them? Still now, I usually in Slovakia, some our players use it. So yeah, yeah sometimes I, I take it on the bench, especially during the game when I was never. <laughs> we are soon through, but it's so nice to have you here, uh, Marek. So we, we have some more questions before we we call it a day. Um, because the 2009 season started and uh, the Turkish side Besiktas offered 30 million kroner 
uh, th- uh, 3 million euros for, for Marek Sapra, and Rosenborg said no. What happened, Marek? I don't know. They said no. You know, uh, it was a difficult time for me because uh, actually at that time I I had the feeling that I reached some level and uh, if I want to put ten high, ten, th- that level of my football higher, then I have to left for not because Rosenborg didn't give me uh, great uh, like things and uh, because of Rosenborg I couldn't couldn't move forward, but because of the league, you know, yeah. and that that's why I uh, I prefer to to leave the league and uh, to go away. Even it was for me heartbreaking thing, you know, to to leave Rosenborg and but. That's that's what about football is. Also in Rosenborg, when I was leaving to Rosenborg, it was the same, you know, because this is my city and uh, I I love it. I won the champion, first and only championship here in Rosenborg. But for my career, it was very 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 important to to move forward. So yeah, at that time I was I was uh, sad and. Uh, I think uh, you could see it, or supporters could see it on uh, on my performances that uh, it wasn't very good at that time. Petter, det var ju väldigt rart för att för att det var ju säsongen då Rosenborg satt sig väldigt hårt igen efter efter åtta säsongen så var nettur och sjusäsongen som i Lidsen var nettur. Rosenborg tackade nej till 15 miljoner för Tetti, tackade nej till bud på Steffen, tackade nej till 30 mil på Sapera. Så kom ju sommaren och Hamren hoppade ju och släppte och sälja Tetti en till men då måste man ju sälja till franska Ren för 40 miljoner. Det var mycket pengar i på bakken då. Ja, det var en period där Rosenborg spelade väldigt väldigt högt rent och ekonomisk. så ska jag återta visa att det blev för tufft när man inte klarte och så gick man på en liten smäll men mitt uppe i allt det där så var det ju en av de raraste rattingarna av en spelarkarriär vi har sett kanske i Rosenborg historien då man valt att sätta igen Marek Sapara hemma för ja. en uh, viktig bortakamp kvalikamp det var borta mot Karabak Karabak ja och uh, då satt Marek Sapara hem i Trondheim för att man uh, trodde man skulle sälja för uh, trillebollas med guldpengar uh, för att det var nog redan het för uh, besiktas och andra men uh, det uh, kan det väl hända att Erik Hamren kanske kunde ha inrömt att var en tabbe så det kan inte nog så runt där lite har har minnet tvivel om om det någon den inrömmelse någon gång kommer men vi kunde ju spöra Marek om det Do you remember that time Marek when you had to stay at home in Trondheim when Rosenborg went to Karabakh to play because uh, for sure Rosenborg they were planning to sell you and if you played against Karabakh you couldn't play for any other team in Europe uh, right. The history shows that it was a big mistake. What did you feel about it that time? <sighs> it was very difficult, as I said. Uh, for me, it was very important to move forward, and uh, but I, I always wanted to play for Rosenborg. And uh, you know, when you you have some something that you love, you want to do, and someone that you love, and you want to do it for. And uh, it's 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 not possible that it it, it it can be happened, you know. So that's what I mean. I love football. I want to play football always, and I love Rosenberg. I want to play for Rosenberg always when it's possible. But at that time, I actually uh, uh, felt that uh, it's very important for me to move forward. And uh, actually, when I was uh, 
talking with, uh, for example, coach of national team, you know, he, he was always talking about, like, not go away or you're not going to play for national team. It, it wasn't like that. But you can feel it that uh, that coach is talking about, uh, you know, Sapi, it's, it's, it's better for you to move to better league. Uh, you're going to... You're gonna be better football player, and uh, you can reach higher level again. So you need you need at uh, you need motivation to to move forward and uh, these kind of things, you know. So it's it's very difficult. Uh, what it can I say? Like, yeah. It sounds like it was you that not wanted to play that game. You know, I think I don't know if it's the same situation, but there was something in news, and. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a long time ago, but maybe it was because my something that I said something bad in news. I don't know if it's the same situation. I, I have, don't uh, remember, Marek, at the moment. Yeah, I had some interview with someone, but because of my bad English or I didn't understand correctly or I said something what I didn't mean, there was something in news and uh, Ro- Rosenberg guys that like they they were angry at me. But uh, then I had a meeting uh, also with this guy who had, I had an uh, interview, also with guys from Rosenborg. And I said, okay, I didn't mean it. I didn't know what, uh, what was in news, you know, because I didn't understand Norwegian. I could not read uh, anything in news. So uh, we, we made a deal. Uh, we made new interview. And afterwards, uh, I started to train again and... Uh, um, and work and, and play for Luzemogu. Yeah. I ask you a direct question, Mike. Yeah. An honest question. Was it you that not wanted to play the game against Karabakh because your wish to go to another league, to a better league, was so strong at the moment that you knew that if you played for Rosenberg against Karabakh, your chances to be sold would decrease, would be a little less uh, likely to happen? I think it was... Uh... It was like a cooperation between me, my agent, and Rosenberg. Okay, I see. I, you know, I also it's a long time ago, and I want to be honest. Now, uh, uh, I think we decided to not play that game because it was also for Rosenberg that they will lose uh, uh, transfer money. You know, for me that I will lose the club that I can go and play Champions League, for example. So I think it was cooperation between us at mm. that time, if I if I remember correctly. Prøv at tage det vel ikke af den norske viska. Vi skal straks videre og klokken går her og veldig hyggeligt, men eh, det handler jo veldig enkelt om at hvis Marek Sapra ikke spillede de kampen, så var han mulig at få købt for andre klubber i Europa, som spillede Øjekøb. Hvis han spillede de kampen på grund av regler, så ville det ikke være muligt at sælge Marek til en klubb, som da skulle spille Europakøb den høsten. Det var alt greja. Men saken er jo at det blev en tap-tap-situasjon, for Marek blev ikke solgt, Rosenborg røkte ut mot Karabakh, kom ikke inn i Europa-ligaen, and that's the end of the story. Uh... Ja, og det er jo egentlig grunnen til at vi snakker litt, at du bruker litt ekstra tid på det her, Ole, for det er jo en litt sånn, et helt avgjørende øyeblikk, egentlig, i hvert fall i Kamerien-epoken uh, i Rosenborg, for at du var jo i Karabakh og så den kampen, da Rosenborg ja. røkte ut der, så så gick ju på något sätt lyfta lite ut av Hamrenbobla i Rosenborg och sånt man hade brukt massa pengar eh gamla högt för att fortsätta vara inne i det allra bästa sällskapet satt igen Sapara klarte inte och så var det egentligen det starten på slutet sån i ganska klara dräck för för hela det svenska projektet till Rosenborg så det är er ett helt sån avgörande ögonblick i nyare Rosenborg historia så det 
det er veldig, veldig interessant. Ja, og så fullførte jo Marek, you finished season 2009, and like you said, you won the league uh, almost without losing any game at all. Uh, and then Ankara Gutsu came in January 2010, and you left. And you and when you could have been sold for 30 millions the year before, they now sold you just for two or three millions. Mon- uh, pocket money. And uh, it was a lot of discussion with uh, Rosenberg at the time. Why did you sell him now? And why not? Because of the end of the contract and so on. But I think one of the reasons also w- was because of the World Cup 2010 with Slovakia, wasn't it? Of course, I had to move forward. As I said, I, I I had many interviews with my national team coach. So we were talking about that. And uh, you know why? I I don't know why they didn't sell me for much more money one year earlier. Because I told them, really, I reached my level here, guys. I love you. And I come back uh, with Lao anytime in the future. Just for the moment now, if I want to move forward, I have to go to better league. And that was the head head point. You know what I mean? So uh, at that time, 2009, I tried to be positive and uh, try to be, uh, you know, concentrated and motivated for the football because it was very difficult at the time. But in my head was uh, qualification for uh, for World Cup and we qualified. So I really, really wanted to go. It was uh, It was like... It was like breaking in our our careers. Uh, first time Slovakia in World Cup, you know, it was it was big thing. So of course I wanted to be the part of of, of that squad. Uh, luckily, luckily I was. Så drømmer du om at til Tyrkia og lave i måtte have en Rosmog pod, så træmmer vi ikke så meget om opholdet i Tyrkia. Men det er et aspekt der, som er lidt interessant. Vi har fått et spørgsmål om det også. Hvor nærmere var Marek egentlig på at komme tilbage til Rosmog en gang? Det var vel i 2014 i forkant av en ny kontrakt med Gaziantep. Det kan vi jo spørge om. Marek, uh, we had a question from a listener saying, how close were you in reality to return to Rosenborg? I think it was before you signed with Gaziantep the last time. Was it in 2014? There was some writing about you maybe coming back to Rosenborg. Was it any reality in that uh, information? Uh, I, I was I was uh, in touch with one agent that he was checking the situation in Rosenborg, if it's possible for me to go back. But I think uh, there was uh, nicely says that uh, I am old and too many injuries behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so of course I accepted. At that time, uh, at that time it was it was big thing for me because I had I had like three injuries and uh, three operations behind me on my knee. So of course it's not it's not uh, easy to go back. Even I have a good relationship with someone, they they don't give you. Uh, the contract only like this because yeah you played here before and uh, we know you but uh, at that time the 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 situation was very difficult for me. Ja. Och det är er ju det vi tar det på norsk chapt uh, att uh, det var jag som alltså den som skrev om det det var mig Peter så jag husker gott saken. Ja. Var i december it was in December 2013 when I called Marek and um, asked him and he he confirmed that he was interested in going back because um, you were back from injury. Uh, don't forget, Marek had three serious knee injuries uh, in Norway called Korsbon. I had no idea what it's called in um, in English. Uh, and he was uh, trying to come back. And it was, uh, I think it was Perry and uh, Erik Hoftlund who was in charge at Rosenborg. And it didn't end up um, in a comeback in Rosenborg. But I think the most of the reason was because of your 
injury situation. But um, you prove uh, everybody quite wrong when you came back to Gaziantep and played. I, I think you played 50 games or something for them afterwards. So you wasn't you weren't all finished then. Yeah, but it's risky for some clubs to give you a chance if uh, you are you are after such, such a serious injuries, you know. But they Gaziantep sport they 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 knew me from before from Trabzonspor because we played with Trabzonspor also Champions League. Uh, I was there in Gaziantep sport after my first injury uh, on the loan on the loan, you know. So they called me how I am if I want to come. We just signed the temporary contract for for six months, uh, you know, at that time. Uh, and luckily, my knee was quite quite okay, so I could play uh, some games. But it wasn't on hundred percent. I have to say, I have to be honest. It would be it would be good move for Rosenberg if if if, if they took me at that time. You you, you know, think because you think it there was big risk. Okay, big, big, big risk of of, of uh, another injuries. But men Peter, han burde Rosenberg ha chansen der eller? Ah, det er en gyldne regel om å gi seg på topp. Og jeg tenker at uh, Saparam-myten uh, lever sterkere i Rosenborg i dag med den avslutningen han faktisk fikk i klubben enn om han hadde tatt et sånt uh, comeback-aktig uh, gjensyn med Lekendal. Så det er... Verden er full av uunnværlige fotballspillere, og Marek Saparam er en av dem, så det, det ordner seg det jo. But you are quite honest, Marek. You say that uh, you are not sure whether it will be a success in Rosenborg in 2014 because of the knees. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, you never know. I uh, I wanted to go for to Rosenborg. Mm. I know uh, not that for hundred percent, but actually, you have to be honest to yourself and to others that uh, it wasn't perfect with my uh, health at that moment and. The the knee was uh, like you know not on hundred percent. So you you have to you have to be honest. Otherwise uh, they will call you a liar or, or something. And uh, and I I would never do that to Rosenberg. Never. Um, one question about uh, because one of the biggest uh, reasons why you why you choose to go to Turkey in the first place was the World Cup 2010 in South Africa. And it uh, wasn't a big success for you personally because you started on the bench for three first games and then you uh, came in as a substitute in the knockout phase against uh, Holland. And then yeah. you, you fixed the penalty and you made a... It was 2-1 to Holland, so it was a decent result, but the World Cup didn't end up like you like you hoped to then. Actually, for us, uh, it was big success. Yeah, of course, to go because... through. But for you personally, yeah, to go. But for me personally, it was big disappointment. Actually, in qualification rounds, in uh, preparation time, training camps before World Cup, uh, my communication with uh, with coach uh, was like uh, for first eleven. You know, used to used to play some good games, and uh, he was talking about me like uh, like about one about player. From from first eleven, so it was big disappointment for me. And then uh, after three games uh, in in group stage at the World Cup, I asked him what happened. Uh, but it was it was said like it was uh, like coach uh, will tell you, yeah, Sapi, everything's okay. I like you in the training, but our, our, I I have chosen the other players. So. This is this is the explanation, and I was I, I got mad and I said some 
bad words that I <laughs> uh, that I shouldn't shouldn't have said. And uh, you know, it's one I think one one time life uh, opportunity for the player from Slovakia, or it was before. And uh, I really really wanted to play. And when you deserve it to play, then you expect it that you will play. And then when uh, when when you are disappointed, then sometimes you say you say something that you don't want to say or you don't mean it like this. And uh, that was a problem, and that's why I played only five minutes. Jag var ju faktiskt i Slovakia Peter för uppkörningen när Norge spelade mot Slovakia. Då startade Sapora och då var det Marek Hamsik, Marek Hamsik, the big star at the moment. Uh, we, are, we are we are very soon through Marek. It has been uh, uh, over an hour, fantastic uh, to have you as a guest on the podcast. But uh, one or two questions um, at the end. Uh, first of all, what's your craziest story from your Rosenborg time? You remember? Can you come with some good stuff here from your Rosenborg time that has never been written? The craziest moment. <laughs> craziest moment. Yeah. And I I had interview before the game against Brann. I think it was the second game, and I had interview and. I don't know. It, it. I think Ule, it was you. You <laughs> kept asking me always, try to try to tell us uh, the score. What's going to happen in that game? I said, oh come on, I I'm not good at this, and uh, I I don't want to say. So we had interview, and again, come on, Mike, what's going to be the score against <laughs> against Brad? And I said, come on, I I really don't know. And then in third time, that question came, and I said, okay, we will we will win three one. I will score two goals. <laughs> I scored with one right and left, and we will yeah we will win three one. And uh, I just said that the third goal will score Mika Kopinen, I think, and that wasn't true. <laughs> Otherwise, I scored one goal with right, one with left, and the the the, fini- the final score was three one. So this is the craziest thing what ever happened to me. Uh, See, Ole is a very annoying journalist. He keeps asking the same <laughs> questions over and should, over again. I shouldn't have asked him <laughs> this one. Uh, Matis uh, is wondering, uh, one of our listeners, Matis is wondering, is Rosenberg the only place where you have had your own song? You know, it's quite difficult to get an, an own song in Rosenberg. It's Rostran, and it's uh, you, and it's uh, a youngster, Erik Botheim. That's the three, only three I, I can uh, remember better. Is that correct? Uh, you know, from the top of my head, yes, I think yeah. I it's correct. Yeah, but it's do you have uh, do you have other songs? Does Rosenberg have a song for you? Everyone following the the Rosenberg supporters, so they are all the time ua sapara ua sapara on on other stadiums as well. Just I had in uh, uh, I think it was Trabzonspor in Turkey. They were they were singing like. Uh, I love you, Sapara, Sapara, Sapara. I love you, Sapara. These kind of things, but uh, that happened to many players, you know, in in same club, especially in Trabzonspor, because I think that's all what they 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 can sing in English. So <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing such a special. Ua Sapara is, is such a such a special thing for me in my career, and I will remember forever, and I will. Uh, I will always have uh, tears in my eyes when I when I'm listening. Through the outing, how about it? Yeah, man, be honest, a little felt some sure sure, so that was that was easy, no? Yeah. 
is there a is there a you have only started your man, man, managerial career is there a small part of you dreaming of being manager for rosenberg someday they're working on it you're working on it <laughs> then you have I'm to change you have to change that three five two formation you know there's no other way than four three three if you want to manage uh, rosenberg you know uh good coach come see the squad i will choose uh-huh Okay, that's the wrong final. answer. I'm, I'm, wrong not, answer. I'm not talking about more uh, my managing secrets, you know. So <laughs> I, will, I will keep it for Rosenberg. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for um, for um, being part of this podcast, Marek, and good luck with uh, Rosenberg. You defending the top six and uh, go to the um, to the playoffs. Um, and welcome back to Trondheim when the Corona time is finished, and you are coming back here on holiday, uh, Pete. Sampras, uh, Rasmus, we talk next week. <laughs>